stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the door. Stay, 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 stay clear of the door. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA. Welcome aboard the Morning Monorail Podcast. This is, you know, just trying something new. Might as well. We just have a few of these left. This is Justin Monorail. And laughing at my ridiculousness is my friend and yours, Landon the Dawzdone. Look, Landon, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Uh, glad to be here, and I love the fact that we're, we're, we're keeping that take. I, I thought for sure we were going to shut it down, take it from the top, but bravo. Senioritis has set in. Jay is out of Fs to give, and I am here for it. <laughs> you know what I think happened? I felt like I said morning monorail weird, and I was like, well, if I'm saying things weird, I might as well just embrace the weirdness. Swing for the fences, baby. Yeah. I respect it. <laughs> and that is what happened. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is episode number 168 of the morning monorail. It's August 16th, 2021. And that is true. What I said before, I wasn't lying. We got three of these shows to go. Senioritis, it's here. It is here in full effect. No editing. So Landon, please edit yourself as we go forward here today. Man, you should have told me that before I drank five whiskey since I got up this morning. <laughs> well, do your best. That's all I can ask. <laughs> that sounds Six like now, an empty so. cup. <laughs> um, in my Bullet Frontier whiskey mug. I like mm -hmm. that mug. Oh, it's a solid mug. I mean, I I know showing stuff on a webcam, totally great for an audio podcast, but mm -hmm. it's a strong mug. It I get is. a lot of compliments for it at work. Yeah, it is very And cool. also, my coworkers knowing me, they're like, okay, that's there's like a 50-50 shot that's coffee or whiskey because it's Landon. It could be both. Sometimes it is. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> this is for entertainment purposes only, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Please do not try this at home. We are trained professionals. Yes. Uh, or we, we pretend to be anyway. It's okay. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. We're covered, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I do want to welcome all of our friends back for another week of the Morning Monorail podcast. Last week, we ended the show with... We were just in the best of spirits and nothing but positivity <laughs> as we talked about the Galactic Star Cruiser. So much yelling. Um, I wanted to respond to the fact we got a little bit of feedback, a couple of responses to that, and oh god, and it's all fine. No, it's all fine. It's all okay. Fine. All right, I was about to say, yeah. All right, who, who who do I have to continue to yell at now? No. Uh, first of all, I do want to give a shout out to Tom and Michelle from Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Tom yeah. actually confirmed with me when we were talking about the magic key for Disneyland that yes, one of the biggest differences in those passes is blackout dates. The that top level magic pass, magic key pass, virtually has no blackout dates, but they go up significantly as you go down in tiers, is is what he told me. So we were correct about that. 
But he, as well as a few others, uh, pointed out to me um, this true statement, which is, as we were talking about the Galactic Star Cruiser, we were going pretty hard on the itinerary, and he mentioned that, keep in mind, you can opt into as many or as few of those experiences as you want to, and and you're you're not just locked in, which I actually did know, but here's the problem. If you decide not to opt in to all the activities, number one, do you feel like you're getting your money's worth because you are spending a pretty penny? And we were talking entry-level prices at the lowest-level cabin on the Star Cruiser. Um, But also, what do you do when you're not doing that? Because if you're you're not going to opt into the activities, as we mentioned, there's not like a spa. There's not Mm -hmm. a pool area. No casino. No which casino. After you pointed that, pointed that out last week, it's like, how is there no casino? Um, I would imagine it's not like a real cruise where you can go and just get food at any time of the day nonstop. I mean, it, it doesn't seem that way to me. Um, like unlimited just buffets all around. Mm-hmm. Like that's that doesn't seem to be the case. So I, I stand firmly by what I was saying in the previous episode, regardless of whether or not you have to do those things. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I I appreciate that they're not locking you into an itinerary, but at the same time, kind of to echo what you said, are you, do you, are you really going to feel like you're going to get your bang for your buck if you're just, you know, hanging out, doing nothing? Now, on the flip side, if you just flat out hate the idea of building a, a model of a Star Cruiser, I don't want you to be locked into doing something that right. you hate, but at the same time, you're just paying to sit around at that point. Yeah. So I imagine, and we're going to talk a little bit later about the Disney Genie app. I imagine that it's going to work in a similar way in that you're going to have a menu of experiences. You pick from that menu, oh, here are the things I want to do. And then it generates your itinerary before you get there based on the things that you want to do. That's all fine. It's still not what I'm looking for. I Especially at that price point. Yeah. I kind of think that the Galactic Star Cruiser, and as I was talking through some of these things with some of our friends on Patreon, uh, on the Patreon Discord, um, I think the problem is the Galactic Star Cruiser doesn't know what it wants to be. Hmm. And what I mean by that is you are paying deluxe luxury experience prices for something that seems like a day camp. Interesting, and when you lay it out like that, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, filet mignon price point for maybe hamburger helper activities. Yeah, you're gonna go build some boondoggle keychains. Is that is that really what you want to be doing when you're paying? that those prices exactly and, and and not knocking hamburger helper not knocking um boondoggle keychains <laughs> but when you're when you're paying for a premium experience okay yeah you get to do uh go build your boondoggle keychains uh in a galaxy far far away and it's fully immersive and it's unique but at the same time it's still a lot of money right so landon and i have a little teaser for you We have a bonus episode we're going to be recording today, and that bonus episode is going to be all about how we would design our very own Galactic Star Cruiser experience. Spoiler alert, a whole lot of nudity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Landon's uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. (laughs) Okay, I'm only half kidding. It's It's a a nudie ship. It's not that much nudity. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for improvement. I have some very specific ideas, which some of them maybe we already talked about last week, but I've got some additional things that I'm going to be bringing to the table. All of that will be available as a bonus episode for our Patreons to listen to. And I think maybe down the road, as you know, we're kind of wrapping things up here, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Maybe in a month or like six weeks or something, I'll slowly release those bonus episodes that we recorded for the Patreon uh, family uh, later on, like on the YouTube or something. Um, that seems fair. Yeah. Um, not uh, like you said, down the road, not immediately. We still want to give our lovely patrons, you know, the feeling that they got their bang for their buck, so to speak. Uh, so I like that idea. Yeah. So something to look forward to and, and keep, keep you connected to the morning monorail down the road. But Be- because we all know whenever I take over this thing, Captain Poochie is going to drive everybody off. No. So it's going to be something to remember the good times. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's not true. <laughs> I don't know. But for now, let's get back to what we do best. And that is talking Disney news for our monorail family. Got a few articles I wanted to get to today, but the first one, I think this is just really interesting. Um, I want to start with the construction that's been going on with the Magic Kingdom ferry boat because I find this odd and I think it's kind of fun to play this speculation game when it comes to Magic Kingdom ferry boats. There has been some weird construction that's happening on the pier at both the Magic Kingdom and at the TTC, and they've been modifying those ferry boats that transport you, for those of you who are, like, not cool enough to ride the monorail and you want to ride the ferry (laughs) boat, um, you may have noticed that there's some things that are happening to these boats. And based on some speculation and some pictures and and, uh, a little detailed deep dive that WDWmagic.com has done, what they think is happening is that they are preparing the docks and the boats to be able to load guests not only on the first level. If you previously rode the Magic Kingdom Ferry, you may know you step on the first level and then you can go up some stairs and be on the second level. But it's almost like they're preparing the the piers or the docks and the boats to be able to load people directly onto the second floor and the wow. first floor. I guess that makes it more efficient. What do you mean you guess that makes it more efficient? You've ridden those ferry boats. It's 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 like a freaking cattle call. Everybody going into one gate, getting on the boat. You you make several laps looking for a place where you and your family can not sit, stand yeah. comfortably. If, if they're loading half the boat on top, half the boat on bottom, that's going to cut out uh, – that initial load time and maybe more importantly, especially if it's the in, at the end of the night after you've stayed to watch the fireworks, you and your family, you're just dog tired. It's going to make exiting that much smoother too. I yeah. love this idea. Yeah. Well, th- you make some great points there because really the load time is extremely slow. It, it seems like <laughs> once, once those boats get to the dock, it takes a very long time for them to get fully loaded up and then off to their destination. So yeah, I mean, it, it, essentially, if this could cut that time in half, um, that's yeah. that's welcome. That's and and I'll be honest, like, 
I'm surprised it took Disney this long to come up with this concept because after after thinking about being able to load on top and bottom, it's like this feels like a no brainer. Why hasn't this been done beforehand? I am one thousand percent on board with these renovations. Now, of course, we are still Team Monorail, and, <laughs> and Monorail is my preferred method to get to the most magical place on earth. But at the same time, I've I've ridden those boats. Mm-hmm. You've ridden those boats, Jay. You've ridden those boats, the lovely listener. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, that bottleneck getting on and then getting off of the boat. Like, oh, hope hope you don't have a claustrophobic issue because uh, that can induce and trigger that specific thing. So I love anything that can get rid of that bottlenecking. Yeah. You know, another thing about this is I bet what it's going to do is it will allow for... Um, handicap access to the second level because I bet they're going to mm. be they're going to be ramps um, I would assume that you'll be going up like uh, and then the other thing I was going to mention is I, if, if you've ever ridden on the top level of those ferries the stairs going up and down like between the first and second level they're not only they're a little they're a little bit steep but they're also kind of slick if they get wet Ooh, so yeah so and, and also there are people that inexplicably will sit on them even though yeah. every step says do not sit here do not sit here yeah. do not sit here yeah that's true too so yeah it's cool i i like this kind of thing because um i i think that you're right it's going to make it more efficient but also it's just going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how it works once they get it totally done and um disney hasn't made any kind of announcement about this it's just doing so we're it wildly speculating like we normally do yeah They've just moved forward with with uh, some modifications and co- some construction, but based on everything that I'm looking at, it it seems like that's exactly what they're doing. So, well, and looking at these construction pictures, I think you uh, described it as weird construction. That's a very apt way to put it. <laughs> but yes, looking at the pictures and and what we just talked about, putting two and two together, I can definitely see this being four, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Very very good. So anyway. Uh, we're not starting with monorail news, but ferry news is good. Now, the next thing I need is Disney to announce that they're going to be upgrading the monorail fleet, and then all will be well with the world. No kidding. I mean, like, like we're clearly team monorail, but dang, uh, could definitely be a little bit better. Yeah, but I'm holding out hope. I mean, do you remember? I think it was like maybe two or three D23 expos ago where they started hinting at the fact that they were going to replace the monorail fleet, and then that just went away um, yes i vividly remember joe ruddy says i swear to you i will fix the monorail fleet wait no that was another thing my bad it no it wasn't joe ruddy <laughs> but it was an imagineer who who basically said they were going to do it and it just i mean it's such an efficient mode of transportation and it's so iconic with just disney as a whole particularly at walt disney world going going not only to the parks going through the resorts to yeah. i mean like that that is Disney in a nutshell. Like it's a quintessential Disney. There we go. Yeah, that's the word I was. I agree. And we have people who, when we did our fast pass standby snack break, besmirched the monorail. And especially people who live in places with maybe mass transit of their own because they're so fancy and they're like, what's the big deal? I'll tell you what's the big deal. These are magical monorails. Yeah. And they take you to the most magical place on earth. And we do not besmirch them in this dojo. And those besmirchers were buried under the penalty box and have yet to be seen since. (laughs) (laughs) We probably should let them out when we shut the monorail. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay. All right. Put that on your list of things to do. Like, like, like 
three fourths of the way down, but still okay. put it on your list. I'll try not to forget them. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, for now we are waiting for that news on the monorail. But one thing we no longer have to wait for is an announcement about when space 220 is going to open in Epcot. Oh, buddy, buddy. Yes. It is closer than I think any of us realized. Yes. I'm so excited. Well, once again, uh, Zach Ridley broke this news on his Instagram. No, 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 no. Zach Ridley diddly diddly do. Okay. That's what we call him on this podcast. <laughs> but he did indeed share this on his Instagram, probably the same day that the Parks blog shared it as well. But we now know that Space 220 will be lifting off at Epcot in mid-September. So no hard, fast, actual date. But we do know it's happening, and it's going to happen prior to the 50th anniversary. So give them a couple you, weeks to work out some details. Are you surprised that they they didn't do it for the 50th? Or do you think they wanted to get the kinks out of the way in time for the 50th? That's why it's getting a quote-unquote mid-September yeah, launch. That's my guess. Um, they're going to try to you know work through all of the you know uh, logistics of... The seating, the how how's the kitchen working? How's all this stuff? Go, how are we getting? You know, is the space elevator an efficient form of transportation to get people into Space Two Twenty, and all that sort of thing? So maybe Jeff Bezos and all these other billionaires will realize they didn't need to, you know, spend their own millions of dollars to get a, a space shuttle. They could have just used a space elevator. I mean, Dummies. you would think those big brains would have figured that out, but Disney had to do it for them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, did. Landon, did you actually see the videos on uh, Zach Ridley Diddly Diddly Do's Instagram where he was walking through the restaurant? Did you check it out? Uh, no, I did not. But I, uh, but part of that was that was part a decision I made because, like like we've talked about on this podcast before, me and you, multi time Space Camp alumnus, <laughs> don't want to brag, but you know here we are. So I'm on board with anything space. Yeah. So part of me wants to experience it cold. Okay. Part of me wants to enjoy it seen it for the first time with my eyes be like okay this is legit because even even the stills that they put out i i guess those were artist renditions mm -hmm. i'm i'm on board so i look forward to seeing what actually happens and the best part is it's opening mid-september which means ah uh, i will be able to fingers crossed enjoy it when uh, me and oh, uh, the madre be... are down in yeah. uh, october so how cool would that be oh that, that that would be super awesome though i feel like that's gonna be a very hotly ticketed for uh, sure. ADR. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily look like it's a huge dining room either. No, no. Well, well, again, I'm just basing this off artist renditions. So you might have seen the actual thing and be like, okay, this uh, thing can seat like 14. <laughs> it's a little more. It's it's no beaches and cream, but uh, it also Which can, in fact, only seat 14 people. But it also doesn't look like Be Our Guest. I mean, if you've ever been to Be Our Guest, like they've got... Um, a lot of capacity, which they need, and it fills up. Um, it's somewhere in between there, I think. And I will say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything for you at all because I know you want to experience it when you get there. I have one little concern, and that is, will it be as cool to eat there if you're not right next to one of the space windows, like? If you're kind of seated a little further away, maybe up on the little platform a little bit, um, kind of away from a window, does it take away from the experience kind of similar to my feeling about Coral Reef? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah I, w I was about to ask that. Yeah. Hmm. And, and that's that's my only concern right now. And I'm not saying that's true because I haven't been there. Just asking the question. 
<laughs> I got all my negativity out last week. I'm positive about Space 220. I'm going to love that place. I'm The only thing I'm... I wish the bar had more seating. Like, because I think it's like a 14-person bar or something. But uh, 14 people at the bar doesn't seem like it's going to be enough. Yeah, no, no. Especially with the hype that's been built around this. And just the concept of it is really rad. Yeah. So... I know I'm not the only person excited for this. I know you're not the only person excited for this. So I feel like, again, this is going to be a highly contested, highly coveted spot to eat in what is already a pretty daggone good park to go eat in, in Epcot. I'm a little bit surprised by this, though. They are doing, for lunch, they're going to have a two-course prefix menu, and then for dinner, a three-course prefix menu. I didn't know they were going that style. But hey, that's that's what Be Our Guest does, so... Interesting, I made that connection. <laughs> well, uh, as a picky eater, that uh, that kind of raises the cockles on the back of my neck. I don't <laughs> know if that's where cockles are, but I don't it definitely so. raises them. <laughs> if you're going to raise cockles, they might as well be on the back of your neck. Aren't aren't cockles generally in the heart? The yeah, heart. That's the, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, my neck cockles are being uh, raised <laughs> because uh, I am a picky eater. Don't yeah. like onions, don't like pickles. Uh, I'm allergic to tomatoes, so... Um, hmm. Well... You'll have options. You'll have options. And I'm sure if there's things on there, you know, you'll be able to tell them, hey, I have an allergy to this or, hey, I don't want this. And they can make modifications. Disney's good about doing that. So that is true. That is true. Yeah. Any anytime you go to a restaurant, if you let them know you can't like 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 X on this uh, because it's it's not just that I don't like it. It's it could kill me. Uh, they 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 will generally yeah. do OK. Oh, on yeah. that. Yeah, sometimes they only lost a handful of guests to that. <laughs> sometimes you know that's not true. That's de- not true. depending on the situation. Like the chef will come out and talk to you too. So it just you know Disney's good about it. Make sure you tell them uh, ahead of time. Like you can do it when you check in on your app. It'll ask you if you have any allergies. Uh, but also once you sit down, mm-hmm. make sure your server knows, and then you'll be fine. But I am very very excited to try Space Two Twenty, and I'm just thrilled that we have a launch date now. And um, well, launch window because we yeah. still don't have a hard well, date when it's launching, and 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 we don't even, we haven't even seen a menu. We don't know what price points we're looking at. Do you think this oh. is going to be a restaurant that is more you go for the gimmick, not so much the food, or do you think the gimmick and the food are going to live up to expectations? Ooh. So I think it's a good question. Um, Will it be more experiential or is the food going to like live up to it? Here's what I'm thinking. Because in the Disney Parks blog, they do say that it's going to be upscale contemporary diamond dining. Um, and knowing this is a prefix menu, I have to guess this is going to be one of those like $35 to $40 per adult kind of experiences okay. at, at least. Mm-hmm. And that's without ordering wine. Um <laughs> So, and they, they're going to have an extensive, extensive wine menu. So, of course, you're going to want to order wine. I'm on board with that. I mean, hell yeah. Sign me up. Set them up, country music. Yeah. So, I I was thinking about, I wondered if there might be some issues just because one of the things that actually delayed the opening way back in 2019 was weeks before the restaurant was like kind of set to open. Um, the executive chef at the time, his name was uh, Theo Schoenegger. Neger, Schoenegger? I I don't know. I'm I can't say that name exactly right, but I think I'm saying it right. <laughs> kind of like Schwarzenegger, but Sch- Schoenegger. Um, you're, he, you're you're ballparking it. Yeah. It's fine. He stepped down weeks before the restaurant was supposed to open because he ended up taking a job back in Las Vegas and he left. 
So at that time, they looked to replace him, and they pulled in the current executive chef, and his name is Mark Kush or Couchet. Um, I can't say any of these, chef all these names. chefs with, with their fancy names. Like, like just be called Bob Thomas and fix us some fancy meals. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, so executive chef Bob Thomas is now on board. Yeah. Um, but then I think there were some issues with like finishing the construction and some other things went on and it just kept getting pushed back. Plus COVID. And also the world caught on fire. That might have something yeah. to do with it. So you put all those, all those things together and it was like a recipe for, oh, let's delay this in, in, indefinitely. Um, but to answer your question, I think they're definitely going for making, you know, a, a menu that is part of the draw. Like, yes, it is going to be quite a interesting and unique experience to go there, but it does feel like they're going to try to be somewhat fancy with the food. That doesn't necessarily always mean good or to your taste, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think they're going to give it a shot anyway, and I, I'm just I hoping... Mean, I- Personally, I'm hoping it's like unique food that it's not just like, oh, this is stuff that you could have gotten if you went to. It's a space cheeseburger yeah. with space ribs and space fries. Yeah. Well, I, just, mm-hmm. just kind which, of like which, which, modern. Like I would, be, I would be surprised if they didn't have stuff like that on the menu for picky eaters. But even me being a picky eater, I do hope they kind of swing for the uh, for the proverbial fences. Yeah. Because like like this, this, this needs to match the the restaurant that it's being served in and and this restaurant just happens to be quote unquote in space so i mean go nuts like have mm-hmm. fun with it yeah i'm, I'm like like I, I i am really excited for this me restaurant. too and i really hope that the desserts are fun because that's i feel like an area you can really have some fun with is the the dessert options at the end like you better i'm telling you if they don't include tang or freeze dried ice cream or some version oh of God. like they've got to be doing stuff with that kind of stuff um, you're they in space. gotta have Tang. Come on. Yeah. Come on. There better be some Tang cocktails on the menu. Ooh, ooh! <laughs> I am on board with that little vodka and some Tang. Heck yeah! <laughs> like, like I will take two right now, Disney. <laughs> so. And 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 they they speaking on astronaut ice cream. They have to have yeah. something like that on the dessert menu, like like fancy astronaut ice cream or something. I would just, even if it was like repurposed or it's like crumbled on top of something, you've got to incorporate. I'm on board with that. I'm a okay with that. You got to. So space two twenty. I'm excited. Can't wait. Mid September. Yeah. That's going to be good. Almost in time for my birthday, but not quite. Uh, They, they figure that this is a big enough birthday for you. So, uh, so, you know, they, they want to give you a little pregame before your birthday, obviously. (laughs) Right. I guess so. But or post-game, rather. I just yeah, remember post, your birthday <laughs> Whoops! It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> I forget my birthday all the time. I apologize. I'm into my 11th whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, real quick, I, I did want to mention this. There was some news about the Disney's very merriest effort after... I can't even say it, and I've had no whiskey. Disney... <laughs> Very merriest after hours party. They're, I think they're trying yeah. to name these things in a way that causes you to feel tongue tied because. Well, is it totally really necessary? Disney very merriest after hours. You're better than me at speaking. Yes, I got him. Well, we knew that there were going to be special fireworks for this event, but what we found out this past week is there is going to be a parade. They are bringing yeah. back the very merriest. Parade. What is it called? It's called the Once Upon a something. 
Uh, oh, here. Yes, it is. it's called Once Upon a Something. Yep. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade is coming back. Which, by the way, when we talked about this previously, I did say that like that parade is that was part of the reason you wanted to go to the very merry Christmas party because that is an awesome parade. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, killer parade. Yeah. And I'm excited that that's making a comeback because I'm hoping that that's paving the way for a nighttime parade to officially come back to the Magic Kingdom at some point. Please? Seriously, like like, like Disneyland, y'all don't want the uh, Main Street electrical one? We'll take it. Yeah. Heck, I myself, Landon Doan, will take it. I will run that <laughs> thing through my condo complex <laughs> nightly. <laughs> that would be really fun. Oh, <laughs> oh! my HOA would love that. Hey, it may. I mean, for some people, for the right audience, that's going to increase your property value. So. I don't disagree. Do not disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's good news. And it helps to soften the blow of the fact that this hard ticket event on peak nights is going to be almost $250 a person. Oh man! Uh, because man. I will say one thing: I heard the boobash has started now, and early reviews are it's a little light on entertainment options. And so, from everything that I've heard, when it comes to the boobash, yeah, you get your candy, but you need to treat this like it's an after-hours event at the parks where you can ride attractions with short lines. Yeah. You don't need to go into this thing thinking, all right, this is not so scary. We're going to get to see the parade. We're going to, I mean, the, the, uh, the, uh, cadaver dance, they're there, but at the same time, it's like, you can go take your pictures with, uh, with, with characters in their, you know, Halloween getups, but it's those distant, distant selfies. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so I don't regret getting tickets for me and my mom to go to the boobash just because, my mom is so excited for it and she's never done not so scary. So she won't be able to compare uh, X to Y. So she's just going to enjoy it regardless. But I think you need to go into in, into it with that mindset. Yeah. Treat this just like you're going for an after hours event and you want to ride the rides. And oh, by the way, there's just some Halloween stuff happening around mm-hmm. you. Maybe. Yeah. So th- this merriest Christmas party, very merry Christmas, whatever, whatever. Very merry, very after merriest hours. after hour, whatever they're calling it. It's um, a terrible name. Even, even if I am like 19 whiskeys in, so, but they are, it is going to be much closer to what the very merry party was. Uh, but it's still, it's still not quite very merry, but it's a lot closer anyway. Uh, like you can't, I don't think, like you said, you can't really compare boo bash to not so scary, but I think that these two are a little closer, but, I mean, you're definitely paying for the experience. Mm-hmm. So. 169 to 229 uh, plus tax. Uh, so, you know, and uh, if you are an AP holder and a uh, DVC member, you can get, once again, this just so <laughs> like insulting. You can get $10 off for select dates in November. Wow. Like, like it, it, at that point, really, again, but we, we talked about that when we talked about the boobash. Yeah. But yes, this is uh, this is a uh, not insignificant chunk of change for four hours in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Ah, Disney, what are you doing with the prices? I mean, I just feel... I just feel like you're pricing people out. I mean, people are That's, still going to pay it. People are still going to oh. pay it. And, and and getting on that, uh, I uh, had the sticker shock, uh, put that into the Patreon Discord. It's like, holy crap. And then even made the mention. It's like, well, I mean, if uh, if 
if when I'm down in December for Steffer's wedding and they just happen to have one of them while I'm down there, I'm going to have to have a come to Jesus meeting uh, with Landon and uh, seeing the dates. I'm going to have to have a come to Jesus <laughs> meeting with Landon because uh, they, they have not one, but two while I'm d- three, as a matter of fact, while I'm down there, but one of them's on Steffer's wedding and she'd probably be pissed at me if I decided to go to uh, <laughs> Disney's very merriest after hours instead of, you know, her wedding since I'm in it. But right. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. But like Jay said, this is a step towards the uh, after hours holiday parties we've had in the past. We get the parade back. You're going to get uh, the Jingle Cruise coming back, uh, you know, the overlay, stuff like that. Not ha- not Haunted Mansion. So all you uh, Nightmare Before Christmas fans settle down before you get too excited. But uh uh, 24 select night starts November 8th, ends December 21st, going from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Mm. Uh, kind of, kind of dig those hours if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. And you can get in at seven with your yes, hard Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you're paying anywhere from 169 to 229 But if you can get in at seven and you can last until 1 a.m., you're getting six hours in the park. Yes, yes. that is expensive, but it is going to be with reduced crowds with the Christmas stuff and a parade too. Yep. And the special fireworks, which they're not doing for Boobash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you are getting the very, uh, Mickey our Minnie's wonderful Christmas time fireworks for, uh, for the Christmas party. So it honestly, I, honestly I'm kind of surprised that uh, special fireworks are returning here, uh, when they didn't come back with Boobash because Disney saw that, uh, they can, yeah. <laughs> they can, they can get away without having special fireworks. It's true. But so I so I guess good on Disney for giving us special. Yeah, fireworks. I'll give them credit for that. At least they're doing the special fireworks, uh, and and it is it's it's another step back towards getting the full fledged holiday parties. The normalcy, way, as I like to normalcy, say, normalcy as they're supposed to be. So, mm-hmm. by All the right. way, uh, tickets go on sale August twentieth. But if you are staying at a Disney Resort, Walt Disney World, Swan and Dolphin, as well as Shades of Green at Walt Disney World Resort, you will have an early ticket window. August 17th, kind of like they did with Boobash. Yeah. So look forward to seeing <laughs> stories of people being on hold for nine hours. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Starting August 17th and then again on the 20th. It says on this, w- the article that we're using from WDWinfo.com, it says they can be purchased online or by calling the number. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Whereas the Boobash, you had was to call. strictly phone, yeah. So... Okay, all right. So maybe you won't see those stories of people that are still on hold trying to get Boobash tickets because, like, it it could have gone so much smoother if they offered an online element yeah. to this. But what they may do, similar to what they did for the the Remy reservations for annual pass holders, they put you in like a virtual queue and you just have to wait your turn to get it. Um, and that's kind of their way of trying to make sure they don't uh, the whole system doesn't go down because it's flooded by people trying to buy tickets all at once. Oh, and I was mistaken. It's not up to 229. It's 249 for the last dates, uh, December 19th and 21st. And buddy, the days that I'm down there are 209. I need for you to tell me that I can't do this. Well, but you will get a $10 discount. No, no, I won't. Oh, well, never mind then. They're in December. So yeah, I don't even get that condescending. Oh, Oh, you're right. Discount. You're right, because that's only for November dates. Okay, well, see, because you don't get the discount, you shouldn't do it. That ten dollars would have would have pushed you over the edge. I kind of wanna. 
You don't even like eggnog. I don't. No. Eggnog, I think, is overrated. You can have one cup and be fine until next year. Oh, but I kind of want to. Stay tuned. We'll land and attend <laughs> the most yep. merriest party of all time. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, man. <sighs> you know, who- I got to have a come to Jesus meeting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know who would really love it if you would purchase that ticket is Disney CEO Bob Chapik. <laughs> no, I bet he would. Bobby Chapik would be like, yeah, Landon, give me more of your money, you stupid idiot. I'm like, yeah. yes, sir, may I please have another? People like you are why he continues to join the earnings calls and let people know that Disney is still selling tickets and making money hand over fist. Did you just blame me? I'm not blaming what? you. I'm not okay, fine. You. After this podcast and after two other podcasts, we are done <laughs> just because of that. <laughs> I'm just trying to segue into the final news topic of the day, which was on Disney's most recent earnings call. Old Bobby Chaps shared some details about the upcoming Disney Genie app with the shareholders. And, you know, we've talked about Disney Genie before. We've kind of speculated, wildly speculated about what this experience is going to be like. I feel like we're zeroing in on it. And I I think we, so far, have been pretty close into nailing what this is going to be. Because we've kind of almost called it like 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 a Waze kind of a system for Disney parks where you say, I want to go here. I want to do this. And then it's like, this is the best route to do those things. And it kind of like uses crowdsourced information and Disney's data and all sorts of things to hopefully steer you in the direction of the least wait times and optimize your day, but also offer you some in-app purchases if you want it to be that much smoother. So it's like my Disney experience meets waves, meets uh, every game on the iTunes store that has microtransactions. Yeah. Essentially, it's going to be when you go to Walt Disney World sometime in the future, there's going to be a a certain amount of uh, pay to play in that if you decide to throw some money in, I think that it's going to make your day better, um, at least from the standpoint of maybe waiting less in line or you know, getting some special access. And Bob Chapik didn't really say that that wasn't true. I mean, here, here's here's basically what he said. He said, uh, we've made significant investments in sophisticated technology and tools and created a revolutionary na- new multi-tiered service we're calling Disney Genie, as if he's they haven't said that before. <laughs> we're very, very excited about the new service. We'll be providing additional details soon. The goal of the user-friendly app is to create a better, more personalized and customized experience for guests, putting them in control and providing even more, even greater flexibility and choice. They will be able to spend less time waiting in line and figuring out what attractions and dining options are available and more time having fun. He went on to say, My Magic Plus was sticking our toe in the pond of this type of transformational work. Disney Genie is the program on steroids. This is going to revolutionize the experience. Guests are going to spend less time waiting and more time having fun in the parks with dramatically improved guest experience. That's going to make their navigation of their day and planning of their day much easier. Essentially, it's going to take the consumer preferences that we note from our consumers, given what we note from them, and blend that with basically industrial engineering data in terms of how the park is operating that day, meld them together to make suggestions on the fly that not only lead to improved guest experience, 
and here's the here's the kicker lead to substantial commercial opportunities for us as the guest navigates their day. This is why I'm saying that door for paid fast pass or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. is wide open. Yeah, yeah, that that last line definitely feels like uh they're kind of cracking the door and uh here in a couple months, a uh, year or so just might be kicked off the hinges. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. I so before we start recording, I was starting to talk about this with you Landon and I said I wanted to save this thought because I think it's podcast worthy. When when I've read about Disney Genie in the past, my uh, reaction to it has been different than when I read it now. And I think it's really funny because I'm pretty sure it's only because these are Bob Chapik's words that I'm reading. And now it's like <laughs> ticking me off. <laughs> like it's making me mad reading about it from him just because that's, that's the source. That's who it's coming from. When I've previously heard about it, I was like, Oh, it's going to be great. You know, you put your stuff in there. It's like, Hey, go here, go do this, go do this. And it optimizes your day. That sounds awesome. But hearing the, those words from Bob Chapik, now I don't like it. <laughs> I've changed, I get that. I've changed I, my mind. I get that. And I'm right there. Like, I'm not going to say I'm right there with you, but <laughs> Having the caveat of like, uh, it's, I'm going to go back to that quote, uh, lead to substantial commercial opportunities yeah. for us, the Disney Corporation, as the guests navigate their days. That does, once again, raise my neck cockles. Not in a good <laughs> way either. Um, I do like the idea of what my, uh, the Disney Genie program is built upon. Mm-hmm. It's going to ask you what you and your party want to do. Like, like, what is your fast pass? What is your standby snack break? Which, by the way, coming up in the next <laughs> segment. So it can book your itinerary and it can guide you through yeah. the park so you can, in theory, get the most out of your ticket for that day. Because we all know Disney ain't cheap, not even a little. So if, if they have any sort of tool especially an official Disney tool that can plug in with the real numbers, the real wait time, the real crowd numbers. If, if they can, if they can make anything better for you going throughout the park and making it easier and more enjoyable, I'm on board. But again, that line leads to more substantial commercial opportunities for us as the guest navigates their days. That is like some, yeah, premium or freemium, excuse me, stuff right there. That is literally every game in the iTunes store. Yeah, you can play it, but guess what? If you really want to enjoy it, you need to drop five ninety nine for the for the premium power bonus pack. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, you, you, you really, really want to enjoy it? Well, guess what? You need to get the ultimate power premium promo pack for fourteen ninety nine, and it just keeps going and going and going and. Unfortunately, I do think that paid fast pass, not only is it on the table, it is now fair game to discuss because I unfortunately think this is just a matter of when, not if. Yeah. I would love to be wrong. I If I turn out to be wrong, please, you, the lovely listener, clip that right there and send it to me. Rub it in my face because you know what? If that happens, okay, yeah, I will wear that egg on my face, but that means that we don't have to pay for the fast passes, but... Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that is where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really makes you, it makes the gears start to turn. It really makes you kind of wonder what the future of fast pass is going to look like. And we've been doing that since fast pass went away. Um, just mm-hmm. kind of like wildly again, wildly speculating about what it's going to look From like. Speculation station. Yeah. When it comes back, 
I wonder if there's going to be some sort of a, a combo situation where if you're a Disney Resort guest, you still get your three. But then, like, after that, then if you, you know, want to use additional and I'm sure it's going to be based on uh, park capacity, like how many guests are in the park that day and then what the current wait times. Like, for example, if, if the wait's 90 minutes for Seven Dwarves Mine Train and you're on, like, a day where the park's at, like, a seven or eight or something or whatever it may be, maybe that day you've got to pay... Like, you want Hey, you can you can go ahead and say you want to do this and we'll queue you up and, and let you know, like, when to come back later at a lower wait time. Or you could speed your access to this ride click on this fast pass plus and you can you know go ahead and get in line for 20 bucks a person yep and that i think option b is where it's going to end up being yeah again going back to the freemium game analogy again you can download it uh, the game for free you can play the game for free but at a certain point it's going to ask you do you want to get the most experience from this time well guess what maybe throw a couple disney dollary dues our way and uh, we'll make it worth your time yeah and okay like is it's a single par- person single visitor to the park okay whatever it's like if i really want to get on we'll use seven dwarves uh as an example i don't know if i'm going to pay 15 dollars for it but at the same time we'll use it for this argument okay that's fifteen bucks. Okay, that that's that's a drink I can't buy at at, at, uh, at a bar that night. But for a party of four, a mm-hmm. family of five, six, that I mean, that's almost what a hundred bucks just to be able to ensure that little Susie and little Jimothy is going to be able to get on Seven Dwarves. Right. Mm. I guess the question, though, if you're a parent, is you know, yeah. if you know that this is something that the kids like, it's almost like a make or break. They, they want to ride seven doors mind train and it's going to ruin their day. If they don't, mm-hmm. you know, what yep. is that price point for you as a parent to make sure your kids are happy. And Disney knows that a lot of parents are going to be like, it doesn't matter the price point. If little Jimothy will die, if we don't get on seven dwarves, guess what? I will fork over 15, 20, yeah. 25 ahead to ensure that Jimothy gets to ride on, uh, on seven dwarves. Yeah. <sighs> or, or, or I mean, like even, even, even for the grown-up uh, people that go down to Disney, what about Rise of the Resistance? I mean, mm. a lot of people book their trips to Hollywood Studios specifically for Rise, and yep. right now, every morning you get up at seven o'clock, you roll those dice to see if you can get a boarding group. Would you? How much would you pay to guarantee, assuming it's running, it? you can get your backside into one of those seats and rise against the resistance. Yep. And it, exactly. Knows that. Exactly. Disney knows that. Yes. <sighs> yeah, they know. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. You know, um, one of the negative sides of doing a Disney podcast where we dive into the Disney news and really examine all this stuff and, and um, talk about it week after week after week is over time, you start to see guest value decrease mm-hmm. and certain things like go from um, magic to um, money cash grabs. Yep. Uh, and that sucks. It really does. And yeah, that is something I've realized the longer we've done this. I mean, we're or 
over 170 into it. I know this is only episode 168, but everything that we've done, like we are, honestly, we're probably closer to 200 uh, episodes and it's kind of depressing. It gets a little bit that way. But uh, that said, I, like just a couple minutes ago, you had to tell me not to spend two hundred and nine dollars so I could go go to the very merriest, happy thingamajig Christmas party. Well, that's that's kind of what I was going to get at, too, is like. <sighs> but the problem is we are like so in it. We love Disney <laughs> so much. We love the park so much that right now we're still, you know, we feel like, well, <laughs> There's nothing we can do. We're still going to fork over this money because we want to do. But I will say, as a local, I'm not going to feel compelled compelled to pay for a Fast Pass Plus. I don't think, unless I had somebody visiting and I was, you know, wanting to do everything they were doing that day, and this was like something where we could assure that we had a shared experience on a ride. Maybe I would consider it, but for the most part, that's really not going to factor into my day. I am totally happy hanging out in the parks, eating, drinking, relaxing, not really riding that much because that's the life of a local. But for people coming in that don't get to come that often, Mm -hmm. that's the people that I'm thinking about right now. And I'm just like, God, like how, how far can uh, a standard family of four like stretch their dollar? Because I mean, it it isn't cheap to get into the park to begin with. And now, and now we're talking about like premium, yeah, pricing. Okay, yes. Of like, like we, uh, we will talk about the uh, park across the street, so to speak. I mean, Universal, their their Express Pass and Express mm-hmm. Pass Unlimited, that's been going for a while, and for the most part, I mean, people might not like it, but they don't freak out about it. But I think Disney going from the free yeah. three fast passes, and then you can work that rolling fourth to, okay, now guess what? You got to pay and it, and and possibly pay per. Fast pass, and and you being a local, I totally get that. You just want to go and enjoy the ambiance. But for the family, this is their once every couple of years, or, or or those people that are coming from uh, from the international side, this is their once in a decade, maybe once in a lifetime trip to Disney, and they want to do everything. And Disney knows that. Yeah. And Disney is going to milk squeeze. that uh that that teat, so to speak. Put the squeeze on, yeah. They're, they, they're going to do it, and if people are willing to pay again, you don't like you said you don't have to. You won't have to spend the money for these pa- fast passes, but it, they're definitely going to make it attractive for. But people. if you want to guarantee that yeah. little Jimothy gets to ride on Seven Dwarves, you're going to have to yeah pony up. Now, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is. Again, they don't say in this article that that's what's happening. We wildly are, speculation yeah. on our part, but we are just reading the tea leaves. Yeah. I just feel like there's starting to be some real smoke here. And who knows what it's exactly. going to turn out to be. Who knows? We would love for this smoke that we're seeing just to be from a fire that was put out that prevents this. But at the same time, there's been a whole lot of smoke about this over the last couple of weeks. Yep. So I feel like we're headed we're headed towards something here. And whether it be uh, some sort of a, a, you know, rolling forth that you have to pay for or, or, or however this ends up working out. Um, something is happening and I think we're going to find out real, real soon. So, you know, it's funny. I remember people, uh, back when we had the fast pass, uh, system we had before the world caught on fire, they, it's like, you know, I really hate the way fast pass is now. It used to be, you know, you just get to the park that day and, 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 and you can figure out what you can get and, and all these people can get theirs, you know, 30, 60 days out. I think it's hilarious. Eventually 
unfortunately, I think we're going to get to the point where people are waxing nostalgia over the fast pass system. Oh, sure. That we had yes. before COVID shut everything down. Oh, yeah. 100% that's a fact. Everything was better in the before time. Ah, the before time. Yeah. Paper fast pass was better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I've made myself sad. This is a bummer. <laughs> Oh, well, cheer up, buddy, because uh, we're done talking about sad stuff. We're going to have some fun now because segment one is over, which means it's time for me to toss you the keys for segment two. So let's take a break. And when we come back, all smiles, happy times. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. It is now time for Landon to take over the show. Landon, it's all you, buddy. Do your thing. Hachi machi, everybody. It is time for Fast Pass Standby Snack Break. (laughs) Even after I step on Jay, because that's how excited I am to get to this week's Snack Break. Each week, we will have three items that are similar to each other. We're talking attractions, snacks, shows, etc. And then we're going to rank them. If you want to fast pass something, this is your top choice and something you definitely do not want to miss. If you want to stand by something, eh, it's not your top choice, but it's still something you'd be willing to wait in line for. And if you want to Snack Break something... You might go grab a snack while your party does this, but you are cool, so you're going to watch the purses and or the bags. And this week, since Disney has kicked off the Halloween season and checks notes August, uh, we are going to be talking about some spoopy and or scary attractions in the Walt Disney World Resort. We're talking extraterrestrial alien encounter, haunted mansion, and a tower of terror uh we got a lot of answers a lot of them saying this was the hardest one yet shout out to tony the disney dad greatly appreciate you keeping the gimmick going but we are going to head over to our patreon discord where our patrons are going to get their answers read and jay i know normally you like to kick us off but uh if it's okay with you i would like to read the first response this week by all means take it away Alrighty, coming from uh, my favorite member of the monorail family, it's Lewis. Come on, a dead attraction in this list? That is rough. Okay, Lewis, first of all, let me stop you. None of the attractions are actually living. They're made up of (laughs) non-living things. They don't live. So guess what? Every list, every fast pass standby snack break horn is made up of nothing but dead attractions. But, uh... Thank you for your comments. (laughs) Fast Pass, Tower of Terror. It's a great thrill ride with a great story, immaculate theming, and really, really creepy. The fact that the story is frozen in time at October 31st is perfect. The details around the queue and the exit area are pretty much perfection. Standby Alien Encounter. 
Probably not the case if it still existed, but I would love to go back into that room and be freaked out again. I only did this a few times, but it was a pretty awesomely intense parentheses. This is so old, I don't even have pictures of it. And, and he does include pictures in our Patreon Discord. And Snack Break Haunted Mansion. Seriously, this is a stacked list when one of my favorite attractions and Val Pal Mickey's total favorite ends up at the bottom of the list. It's a lot more repeatable than Alien Encounter because I remember it as being mostly scared tactics. Haunted Mansion's visuals and spooky stuff need to be seen a hundred times, and I have seen it far more times than that over the years. And uh, thank you, Lewis, for uh, for those answers. And he does, like I say, include some pretty killer pictures, particularly the one of the uh, of, of the ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, totally creepy from Tower of Terror. Yeah, he's got some good ones. I, I can mm -hmm. never get good pictures in any of these attractions. Well, of course, not Alien Encounter anymore. But um, it, <laughs> with the low lights, I just, I've never figured out how to work a camera in low light situations. So good job, Lewis. Good pictures. Yeah, appreciate it, buddy. All right, this one from NK Tink. I've only been on one of these, but I'll give it my best shot. Fast Pass, Haunted Mansion. No matter how many times I ride this, I always notice something I've never seen before. However, it's not a must ride for me. It gets the fast pass since it's the only one I've been on. Stand wow. by not Tower a of must Terror. Ride. Okay. I know. Stand by Tower of Terror. Haven't done this one because I get motion sick. Love the concept and would ride it if it was just a straight down drop. Not willing to risk getting sick with the up and down and ruin a day of my trip. Mm, all right. And then Snack Break Alien Encounter. Never done this one, but I'm not a fan of being scared, so I probably wouldn't like it. I'll tell you, MK Tink, since it was something I experienced as a preteen, it was pretty scary. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so. There's a reason why terror is in all caps in that name. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that when we get to our answers, but I think uh, you and I were on the same wavelength there. Yeah. So, I'm, so I agree. I mean, she probably would not have liked it. I was going to confirm no. that statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Us three. Not not fans of being scared. Next up is my favorite member of the uh, Monroe family. It's Emily Penn. She is fast passing Haunted Mansion. It's one of my favorite rides and the only one of the three that I've done, but it's amazing. I don't disagree. Uh, I really want to see the holiday overlay sometime, but because we always go in October, you know, isn't going to really do that. Also, that's more of a uh, left coast thing. Uh, stand by Tower of Terror because I've waited in line. <laughs> then I always chicken out in all 12 <laughs> trips I've done. Emily Penn, come on, baby. Come on, come on. Next time you're down there, holler at me. I will, I will travel down there. We will make it through on the Tower of Terror. I promise you will enjoy it. But back to her answer. It seems really fun, so maybe my next trip. Definitely. Come on, Emily Penn. You got to do it. You can do it. Snack break, alien encounter. Well, because I don't think I've done it, but from the videos I've seen, I don't think I would really enjoy it. So I'm going to go get some cheeseburger <laughs> egg rolls and hold the bags because Emily Penn is cool enough to hold the bags. Hold the and bags. Also, it, it, and also, she already figured out her, her snack during the snack break. I appreciate yeah. it. Good job on you, Emily Penn. You truly are my favorite member of the Morning Monorail family. Although the pizza ones are better. Um, <laughs> yeah, as somebody who is adverse to pickles, I would have, I would agree. <laughs> now we've got Val Pal Mickey. She says, okay, seriously, the Dawes, how in the world do I choose between three of my all-time favorite attractions? 
Only for us, she says. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Val Palmecki, you are my favorite member of the Monroe family. <laughs> Fast Pass, Haunted Mansion. It is my favorite attraction. It's the perfect example of the genius of Imagineers. They work together to create something unique and, in my opinion, detailed beyond any other attraction ever built. I could wax on for a long time, but I will save you my verbosity on the subject. <laughs> I like nice the use of verbosity. Use of the word verbosity. Wow. Yeah. He really is my favorite member of the monorail family. <laughs> Stand by. I will say Tower of Terror. I love this attraction for the detail as well, but I avoided it for many years because I was afraid it would set off my vertigo. I finally experienced it, and it scares me every time. I love it. And it does not bother my vertigo if I don't ride it more than three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well, it's with like these weights they're very spaced out so it's funny it's like she found her breaking point she was like nope three's the number yep three was perfect four is a bridge too far <laughs> snack break alien encounter i finally had to choose it for this category because it's no longer there we've only experienced it a couple of times before it went away it terrified my daughter and i for the first time it was so much fun I would love to experience it again. Stitch never came close to the greatness of Alien Encounter. Agreed. Uh-huh, yeah. I think I think that's the one thing all Disney fans can agree to. Stitch kind of sucked. <laughs> I mean, not kind of. I mean, I think he just did suck. Mm. It wasn't good. No, no, it was not good. And, and and it's like this this is coming from a Lilo and Stitch fan, so like you would think as big as Stitch is with their merchandising, they would have a better representation for him in the park. Maybe for a future Fast Pass standby snack break conversation. Uh, I'm going to do two for one right here. First up, it is my favorite member of the monorail family. It's Lexifer, or I'm assuming Lexi. Uh, all she says, alien encounter against two behemoths. Easiest one ever. Okay, well, we know what your snack break is. We don't know the other two, but thank you for participating. But uh, on to Tony, the Disney dad, my favorite member of the monorail family. Oh, man, this is the hardest one yet. And yes, yes, it is. Fast Pass Tower of Terror. I love this ride. From the queue to the pre-show to the theming to the actual ride mechanics. It's perfect. I also have great memories of my boys riding this for the very first time. Standby Haunted Mansion. It's a classic and fantastic, but what's the story? If you think about it too much, there's really not a coherent story. Bottom line is I would choose to ride Tower of Terror on every trip and may skip Haunted Mansion if the line's too long. And then finally, he is snack-breaking Alien Encounter. I did this on my first trip to WDW in 2002. It was not enjoyable. End of review. <laughs> well, okay then. All right. Tony, I, I have one piece of advice for you. If, if you need more insight into the story behind the Haunted Mansion, uh, there's a film uh, starring Eddie Murphy called <laughs> Haunted Mansion, and you can watch that, and it may help you understand the story just a little Shrek. bit. Shrek! Shrek, I'm a ghost! I'm a ghost, Shrek! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next, we've got Steamboat Kev. Fast Pass Haunted Mansion, a must-do for me. I first wrote it when I was eight years old. I last wrote it when I was 50. I look forward to writing it when I'm 75, and I will be just as thrilled. Seems I always find something new, no matter how many times I've been on. You don't need to scatter my ashes there, but I will certainly be haunting it. Look for me. <laughs> love it. Love so it. He's going to be that. Kev is my favorite member of the Monroe family. He's going to be that magic number one thousand ghost in the. In Congrats, the buddy! Uh, put in a good word for us. See if uh, they want uh, one thousand and two. <laughs> Standby, Tower of Terror. 
Top-notch theming, but I'm not big on elevator drops. Otherwise, this would be right up there for the fast pass. Great ride system. Love that it randomizes each time. And then snack break, alien encounter. Interesting concept for the space. My kids hyperventilated after getting off. <laughs> I thought it could have been much better. Why does nothing survive in that space? Is it cursed? Ooh, Ooh. that's a spooky question. Ooh. Spooky. <laughs> That's another dead spot, which once again, Lewis is not actually living, so it can't be a dead spot before you answer. Next up is my. By the way, I really liked uh, Steamboat Kev's answer. Yeah, he was great, and also the uh, the image of uh, his uh, kids hyperventilating kind of cracked me up because apparently I'm a bad person. Next up is my favorite member of the Monorail family. It's Skipper Bob. Oh boy. Um, hmm. There is some choreography uh, that is required of me. So uh, maybe, Jay, do you want to read this one? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's see. I have to start off by stating that this was the hardest choice ever, which isn't so. <laughs> kayfabe! Kayfabe! <laughs> Followed by a threat that might get me in the penalty box. So Landon and Justin are my favorite members of the Monorail fam. Okay. All right. That checks out. Yeah. What else? Oh, yeah. The picks. Fast pass. Haunted Mansion, behold the king, the king of kings, on your knees, dog. The king grinned red as he walked from the place where the traitor lost both his name and his face. Through the halls and the corridors stinging in blood, he tasted his grin and it tasted good. They all held the king. Oh, they held the king. Um, good doesn't rhyme with blood. Hey, you know what? Lemmy from Motorhead wrote those lyrics, so you do not besmirch I'm just the saying, work of I'm, Lemmy. I'm just saying. Tower of- I am just saying. Sorry. I am just saying. Stand by. Tower of Terror. It's time to play the game. It's all about the game and how you play it. All about control and if you can take it. All about your debt and if you can pay it. It's all about pain and who's going to make it. Come on over, sucker. Why don't you ask me? Don't you forget that the price you can pay, because I'm the game and I want to play. <laughs> I just sounded like an water elephant. all over my, my kitchen table, so uh, thank you, Skipper Bob. Landon's, Even though it sounded like an elephant. Landon spit water into the air. Uh, this, of course, is the music that is played every Triple time H. Triple H comes to the ring. Yes. All right. <laughs> That's break. a joke for like seven people, and I love that Skipper Bob has dedicated it so much. Bravo, Skipper Bob. You are my favorite member of the monorail. But he has another answer, so get to it. Should I have been singing? I don't know. You Well, I mean, I would say yes, but I know you're quote-unquote singing, so maybe no. Well, okay. Sink break. Extraterrestrial alien encounter. Evolution is a mystery, full of no, change. No. Evolution is a mystery. Evolution is an, ist- is an history. <laughs> full of change that no one sees. Clock makes a fool of history. Yesterday's too long ago. Don't agree with what I know. Tomorrow is the place to be. I see the line in the sand. Time to find out who I am. Looking back to see where I stand. Are we going to get a copyright strike because I'm reading lyrics? Uh, if we do, it will be the most uh, cool, badass copyright strike of all time. Because hmm. because you just read three Triple Eight songs, and that's awesome. Thank you, Skipper Bob. Well, uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. As a wrestling fan, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, go check out Skipper Bob on uh, the... Uh, his YouTube and uh, his podcast as well. Cretans Guild. There it is. Yeah, I was I was thinking. Next up is my favorite member of the Monorail family. It's Amanda Jackson. Fast Pass Haunted Mansion. It's a must-do on any trip. I will say I was a horrible mom on my trip, 
With my then four-year-old daughter, I made her write it and she freaked out. I'll post photo pass pictures. Uh, stand by, Tower of Terror. I love that you don't know how many drops you're going to get. And by default, my snack break is Alien Encounter. I don't remember if I've done this or not, but it doesn't matter if you've remembered if you've done this or not, Amanda Jackson, because I love the <laughs> photo pass picture you posted of your four-year-old daughter freaking the geek, <laughs> not having any of it on haunted mansion that is hilarious also i really hope she's okay pretty sure that's how i rode haunted mansion the first few times when i was a kid so i, I mean it. like like it, i stayed off of it until i was a full-blown adult because it's haunted mansion that seems scary and then i read it, it's like oh oh this is this this is fun this is whimsical this is cheeky but yes as a four-year-old i probably would have lost my mind yep so. oh yeah now we move on to Everyone's favorite member of the Monorail family. He even has the shirt to prove it. It's Kevin. <laughs> he sure does. Kevin says, Fast Pass, easily Haunted Mansion. When I was younger, I would have to close my eyes during this, but now I'm a little bit older. I enjoy how interactive the experience is, plus a photo opportunity. Never waste a photo op. That's what I, I just say. never know where to look, particularly on that one. It is a little hard to get, but once you get it, you can get some good pictures on Haunted Mansion. Like I have tons of pictures of me literally just staring at the at the roof on on Haunted Mansion. It's like Landon is really into whatever is happening on the roof. <laughs> Standby. I don't remember ever doing or hearing much about Alien Encounter. Parentheses. That does sound like a great title describing all the guys that hit me up on dating apps. Oh, got him, Kevin. Good job. <laughs> I'm assuming it was similar to Stitch, which I don't think I've ever been on, but would try it at least once. And then Snack Break. You couldn't pay me enough to go on Tower of Terror. I don't know Ow. if it would make me vomit. <laughs> uh, Yep. Yeah, all three. Okay. <laughs> Again, I don't want to edit so much, so I'm going to edit myself. But yes, Kevin, it might make you do all three, but come on. <laughs> one time. Do it, Tower do it once. Good. It's good. And, and and if you vomit, poop, and fart yourself, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that's the, that, that's that's what Jay wouldn't say because he doesn't want to edit himself. Also, I don't think that's a swear word. Anyway, uh, next up is my favorite member of the Monorail family. It's Theme Park Rob, everybody. Fast Pass Tower of Terror. Really? With a couple question marks. Even when you know the drop is coming, it still scares the screams out of you, and my family agrees. Stand by extraterrestrial alien encounter. We only experienced this once, and that was pure luck because this attraction was in an on-again, off-again phase of its life. I did have some startling moments, what I remember of it. The disorienting nature in the dark moments helped to make this an attraction I wish I could have experienced a few more times and Snack Break Haunted Mansion. This one doesn't really scare me, and I'm not sure that it ever really did. But staying in the family style response for today, Theme Park's wifey still gets startled sometimes in the graveyard. I'm right there with the wifey. I know they're coming. They're hiding behind the tombstone. Then, boo! It's like, oh, God, God jeez. You... You, you, you stupid spooks. Who would have ever guessed that Haunted Mansion would ever end up as a snack break? I'm kind of like like his his last comment kind of took the words out of my mouth. Haunted Mansion is a snack break. I mean, I guess that I guess I had to know that was a possibility. Uh, me listing it. But uh, wow. Never, yeah, I, I don't think I would have predicted it. Yeah. Never thought we would uh, see that. But uh, here we are. Wow. Wow. 
Oh, wow. wow. Oh, wow. Okay, that wraps up our responses in the Discord. So I think it's time to hop over. There was some more conversation there, but I don't think those are responses. As there is, uh, speaking of, oh, wow, uh, some uh, conversation of the TVA. So if uh, you really want to get your Owen Wilson fix, go watch Loki on Disney+. Plus. Great show. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. So now we can hop over to the Morning Monorail Family Facebook group because we did get some responses over there. And I'm going to start with our friend Caleb who says, obviously, we are going to... Who is we? You got a mouse in your pocket, Caleb? <laughs> we are going to fast pass Haunted Mansion because it's accessible for the whole family and has so many things going on. It's great for rewritability. Bit of a shocker, but I'm going to stand by Alien Encounter because it was truly terrifying to me as a teenager and was a unique experience in the park. It's also insane this ever existed in the Magic Kingdom. Finally, <laughs> I'll snack break Tower of Terror because it terrifies me. And now I've heard they no longer have a lap bar, but only a seatbelt. Did they ever have a lap bar? I don't remember a lap bar. I just I just remember the seatbelt, you know, left to right, yeah. clickety clack, and you're good to go. I mean, I guess I've done it so many times in the recent history of my trips to the parks. I just don't remember there being a lap bar. Maybe there was initially, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a seatbelt now and it's fine. You'll be fine, Caleb. You can do it. Yeah. Come on, Caleb. You can do it. I believe in you, <laughs> but I also believe in my favorite member of the monorail. It's Jennifer. Oh, wow. I have never done one of these fast pass the haunted mansion. I can, I cannot get enough of this ride. It is my ultimate favorite. Standby would be the Hollywood tower of terror. I don't like heights and dropping, not droppings. I have rode this once. It was funny. The time that I rode this, there were two girls in the front row in front of me. And at the end of the ride, I hear one of them turn to the other. And she says to her friend, you bit me. I have teeth marks to prove it. That was mem- memorable. I I would have definitely remembered that as well. Uh, Alien Encounter is her snack break. Did I mention that I don't like scary rides slash movies? I have never rode this when it was operating. By the way, go Vols! Go Vols! The funny thing about someone biting a friend is you probably could have gotten away with it in Alien Encounter and said that it was part of the ride. That is true. In, in total darkness, too. Just just reach over, grab somebody's arm, and, and, and go a-chomping. Yeah, go, go a-chomping. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we've got Keenan Meadows, our friend from Part of Our World podcast. He says, Fast Pass, Haunted Mansion. It's the best ride in Magic Kingdom, if not all of Walt Disney World. Such an immersive experience, the pinnacle of what a dark ride should be. Also has the best holding pin, stretching room. Stand by Tower of Terror. Again, top-notch theming from lobby to the drop. Also, bonus points for being a thrill ride. Awesome effects throughout, and it has the second best holding pin. Holding pin. We're all, we're all a bunch of, of horses. Snack break, extraterrestrial alien encounter. I actually enjoyed this back in the day and thankfully never saw the Stitch Abomination, but this attraction just <laughs> never felt Disney to me. It would have been a great experience at Universal, or perhaps even Hollywood Studios, but not Magic Kingdom. Cool effects, though, and deserved better than what it got. Hmm. Don't disagree with anything he said, but yeah, we can get into that with our answers. Next up is Jen, who is in the penalty box. And finally is (laughs) Natalie, my favorite member of the Monorail family. I am contractually obligated to answer this on Friday the 13th. So appropriate since we're talking about spooky attractions. Love it. Fast Pass Tower of Terror. 
I just love this one. One trip, my whole party befriended a group on the cast members working Tower of Terror because we kept going on it over <laughs> and over and over again. That's awesome. Stand by Alien Encounter. Those stitch warm stitches warm burps are not nightmare fuel to this day or are nightmare fuel to this day. I'm really good at reading. I don't know if I would have been that spooked by an animatronic alien putting this as a standby because I kind of wish I could go on it as I was too little when it was around and snack-breaking Haunted Mansion. Obligatory reference to there being a difference at Disneyland with elevator nightmare before Christmas overlay and hatchback ghost. Uh, Haunted Mansion spent the last few years on my bad side due to the death references hitting a little too close to home. I will write it now, but only if all the stars align for a short trip, to be honest. I recognize that this ranking <laughs> may make me the 1,000th member of the penalty box, though. Natalie, no. No. no that, will, that will not get you into the penalty box. I appreciate your honest answer. Uh, the trolling from some other people, that's what landed them into the penalty box. But Natalie, no. You are skating safe away from the penalty box. Thank you for your answer. Answers. Well thought out as they were. And uh, once again, you are my favorite member of the Monorail family. I love how you demanded Jen expand on her answers. And she just stood by the fact that she was not going to give you any more. And that ended up putting her in the penalty box. Exactly. Natalie, that is what will put you in the penalty box. Being uh, Jen is what will put you in the penalty box. (laughs) Jen. Just being Jen. She may be the one that gets stuck in the penalty box for the rest of time. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. You need to put underneath where I said you need to let people out of the penalty box. Leave Jen in the penalty box. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be her permanent residence. But no, Natalie, you you're not going to. You're you can put these things wherever you want to, and that except the only the only exception to that was when people were putting. The monorail is a snack break, and that put them in the penalty box. But that, I mean, that kind of just goes with the territory around here. But I think we should share our answers. How about you? Okay, fine. Why don't you go first? I always go first. You go first this time. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're we're breaking with tradition on this one. I like that. Um, I'm gonna go bottom to top, as I always do. Mm-hmm. We're not breaking that tradition. Uh, fast or. Er, <laughs> snack break look at me i just totally tripped myself up snack breaking it's alien encounter we talked about it on the disney deep dive with the dawes about this particular attraction this thing scared the bow jesus <laughs> out of me and i was a relatively you know young adult at that point i wasn't like a seven-year-old kid that just Uh, got caught off guard. I was an adult that got caught off guard because I was not expecting to be terrified like I was. Um, The breathing on the back of the neck, the the quote-unquote blood dripping on you, um, everything around uh, the the stagehands getting murdered and stuff, and then the actual animatronic itself. I can definitely appreciate it now. If I had the opportunity to write it again, I think I would just knowing what I'm getting into, but going into it cold, I had no idea this was a scary attraction (laughs) and it 
freaked the geek out of me. Uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head uh, which one of our uh, commenters said that uh, their kid was hyperventilating coming mm-hmm. out of it. I was borderline there myself. Terrified me. That's that funny. said, I, I would still like to give it another shot. And I do think if this was in another Disney park, it still might be alive, especially with what Michael Eisner wanted to do. He originally pitched this as an alien attraction, mm-hmm. not just a random alien from the movie Alien. And if you told me that a xenomorph was going to be teleported into a pod and then break out and drop acid and and do xenomorph stuff, I would sign up for that still to this day, knowing that I would be scared. But in the Magic Kingdom, particularly in Fantasyland, I mean, like, mm, can be a hard sell, and I understand why it went away. Uh, my snack break is going to be Tower of Terror. I love this ride. I still think, okay, other than Rise of the Resistance, this is the key attraction that you must ride when you go to Hollywood Studio. Uh, more so than Slinky, more so than Rock and Roller Coaster, more so than the Millennium Falcon. Tower of Terror is iconic Disney for me. I love everything about this ride. I love the story it tells. I love the theming in the queue, the theming once you get into the building, the pre-show, even as somebody, the holding pins, um, <laughs> because apparently we're all sheep. And as as our uh, credit card receipts have proven, we really are all sheep. <laughs> so that's neat. Uh, I love everything about this ride. And on top of that, with the new iterations, it's randomized. So no one ride is like the ride you were on last time. So I am thumbs up for that. I am kind of worried what they're going to do if uh, CBS or Paramount does come calling for the uh, Twilight Zone trademark. Uh, Maybe they can do something. I mean, mean, clearly they're still going to have the attraction, but I am curious what they will do without the uh, Twilight Zone IP because, okay, yeah, once you get on the ride... You can you can mess some stuff around and still get away with it, but that pre-show that is strictly a Twilight Zone type thing. And then uh, Fast Pass Haunted Mansion it's 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 my favorite attraction in all of Walt Disney World. Uh, even though, like I said previously, it is something that uh, me being a big stupid wiener, I uh, I was scared of uh, growing up, and even until I was you know an adult. I love the Haunted Mansion. The campy fun of it, uh, every like every, every set scene that you see, uh, whether it be, you know, the clock hand in the background going, a, going across, uh, the, the, the doors trying to push open, the dude trying to get out of, uh, out of the coffin. And then when you go into the, uh, the attic and then you fall backwards by the way there is totally a story you just need to kind of pay attention because hatchet kills (laughs) y'all and then you go into the graveyard and you see all the happy haunts and i mean grim grim grinning ghosts is probably the best disney song just flat out period so Mm. and some would say this is a negative uh it, it does get stopped sometime but if you get stopped right in front of uh the bust's of uh, Thurl Ravenscroft mm-hmm. and the uh, rest of the crew, like I did, I've done a couple times. It's just so nice to sit and listen to Grim Grinning Ghosts and uh, those busts, quote unquote, sing to you. So, uh, Haunted Mansion, 
number one with a bullet for me. Yeah. Very good. Thorough, sound reasoning. It's hard for me to argue with anything that you said. Would you say thoroughs? Thorough. <laughs> sound reasoning. Thorough. Ah, Although that's, ah. that is how my mom says thorough. She says thorough. So <laughs> it works. I will say I go top to bottom because that's how I do. Uh, for me, I'm saying fast pass. It's Haunted Mansion. Okay. Haunted Mansion is my favorite attraction in the Magic Kingdom. Not in all of Walt Disney World, but it is my favorite attraction in the Magic Kingdom. And for all the things you said, for all the things that so many people said, it's the the theming, the iconic song, the amazing voice acting that you get throughout the ride. Um, I just think it's it has set the bar and has never been surpassed for the ultimate dark ride. And mm-hmm. and I just. I mean, I just think that's how it is. Uh, sure. Are the tricks parlor tricks that have been used for a hundred years? Absolutely. Do they still work? Absolutely. Yep. So I don't know. I, well, I that, just, that, that scene in the ballroom with the peppers ghost trick on the, mm-hmm. oh, so, so great. Yeah. It's all amazing. And all they have to do is like slight touch-ups here and there and it keeps it relevant, keeps it fresh. Um, we'll probably not ever get the Haunted Mansion holiday here in Walt Disney World, but I would like to see that at Disneyland at some point. But mm-hmm. I, it, it, it is like just head and shoulders above um, most experiences that you're going to get on a Disney attraction. Aside from some maybe fresh faces over in Hollywood Studios, but uh, yeah, it's it's up there. It's and it and for Magic Kingdom, it is my favorite attraction. And then we move on to a standby, which I have debated back and forth in my head the whole time that we've been talking about this leading up to this recording. But I think that I have to say it's Tower of Terror because Tower of Terror for the longest time until Rise of the Resistance came in and said, uh, hold my beer. It was my favorite attraction in Hollywood Studios for years and years and years. And... I think that there are times that sometimes I might say it's my favorite attraction in all of Walt Disney World, but I think that now I've kind of definitely the the uh, the metronome, the pendulum has gone back to Haunted Mansion. And I think it's going to be staying there. Uh, it's in terms of spooky attractions, um, I would take Haunted Mansion just every all day, every day, and I do think eventually the Tower of Terror is going to get rethemed. I hope that it's I hope that it's a worthy uh, a worthy successor uh, to, mm-hmm. to what we have because this is certainly the Twilight Zone has has certainly been uh, I, I want to say I didn't want to say trendsetter but like a maybe maybe what I mean to say is like a a, a solid anchor uh, for that park for oh one thousand percent yes for so yes. long that uh, I, I would hate to see it go downhill and then lastly that leaves me with snack break. And it's going to be extraterrestrial alien encounter. And it's not because I didn't like it. It's because something's got to go there. And I just, I think if I were given the choice of the three, to, like, no way you can go do this right now. It, it would be my third choice uh, between the three. But I did actually really love this attraction. And I'm going to say, going back to what Keenan said, it didn't feel very Disney. It felt extremely Disney to me because... The pre-show, I I will tell you to this day, I think that the two rooms of the pre-show for extraterrestrial alien encounter were probably, in my mind, my favorite pre-show that Disney has ever had on an attraction. And you had really cool animatronics 
voiced by Tim Curry. You had a cute little alien that got zapped and eventually, you know, <laughs> eventually barbecued. Yeah. But like it, it just set up the anticipation of the ride so well. And it was, it had elements of like the timekeeper with the Robin Williams um, animatronic, the robot in there, like sir was similar to that in my mind. Um, the Tim Curry robot, but um, it fit perfectly in Tomorrowland, in my opinion. the The whole idea was you were going into the Galactic Convention Center, and they were going to d- be displaying this new technology. Like it fit Tomorrowland. It felt it fit the theme of Tomorrowland at the time. Was it maybe more scary than what people want in the Magic Kingdom? Yes, I will agree with that. But also, like, I don't know. Like, I I think it it worked better than Stitch. Well, clearly, yes, because St- <laughs> uh, Stitch got shut down uh, pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. This thing left an impression on you, whether you liked it or not. Like, you mm-hmm. you, you came out of it, and you would not forget the experience you had in Extra Terrestrial Alien Encounter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, I, I, will, yeah. I think I'll Natalie, wasn't Natalie saying that she doesn't think it sounds very scary? She doesn't think she'd be spooked by an animatronic alien? Listen. It, mm. Seeing the alien in the tube was the least scary part of that. Yeah, experience. It's, it's what you didn't see yeah. in that in that attraction that scared you, terrified you. And it's like, I'll be honest, like I've kind of come around to this attraction, and I do kind of wish that I could experience it again because that initial experience flat out terrified me. You know, by the way, I know I said Fantasyland earlier. It was clearly Tomorrowland. Uh, come and get me, Disney nerds. <laughs> but, I, like, that is an experience that is, I guess, rather was so unique to everything across the Disney property. Yeah. Part of me is kind of sad that it's no longer with us. Yeah. And that's my thing, too. Like, I don't want every Disney attraction to be exactly the same. And it's nice to have that option of having something that's a little scary or a little more intense in a Disney park. And by the way, we we all know the scariest attraction at Disney was always uh, Snow White. So, absolutely, yeah, nothing's gonna pass <laughs> Snow White. So, anyway, I I do miss it. I snack break it only because I have to. But I would easily like if they decided, oh, you know what, we're just we don't know what to do with that space. We're just putting extraterrestrial back in there. I'd be in line for it like every time I went to Magic Kingdom. I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to do it again. I'd be I'd be right there with you, even though it terrified me. I would really like to experience it again yeah so that's where i'm at and uh this was a i'm gonna say i'm a little bit surprised because when you posted this particular fast pass standby snack break i thought that it might be unanimous that extraterrestrial would be snack break across the board but people surprised me Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right there with you when when I posted. It's like, okay, here we go. I already know what uh, what third place is going to take, but no, not so much. There were there were some people that uh, kind of surprised me. The haunted mansion in third place. Come on, y'all. <laughs> come on, y'all. That is questionable. Mm-mm-mm. But I mean, it, it it's not penalty box no. worthy. But at the same time, you better check yourself, lest you wreck yourself. <laughs> I always forget George Lucas was involved in Alien and Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I think it's uh, Defunct Land on YouTube. They have a really great video about the history of extraterrestrial. Uh, if, if, if y'all are fans of that attraction or just kind of vaguely interested, go check it out. There is a ton 
of a backstory to that ride. Again, mm. I already talked about how it was originally supposed to, or rather Michael Eisner wanted it to be tied into the Alien Aliens mm. movie franchise, and that fell through. But at the same time, that is such an interesting video. Go check it out. Hey, now that Disney has the rights to the 20th Century Fox film... They could make it happen. They yes. could make it. Yeah, they could actually do it and make it Alien now. Put yep, that in gonna, Hollywood Studios. Oh, hell yeah. Sign me up. They accidentally uh, teleport an alien queen in, in into the middle of, a, of an arena or something. I am there for it. Could you imagine the animatronic they would make for that? Okay. Oh, yes. And where are we going to put it? We're going to put it on right smack dab where uh, the middle of where Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular is today because I... I yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean... Yeah. Who knows when that's coming back, if it's coming back. But, hey, you know what? It's better than them replacing Muppets 3D with it. Yeah, so. I'm not giving up Muppets 3D. No, no. Like me, you, and three other people Adam. will chain ourselves together. Adam. Adam Adam's right there. there. Yep. We, we will make a chain of losers to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to protect Muppets 3D. Hashtag save the Muppets. Hashtag save the Muppets. Well, that was fun. It was fun. I... Always enjoy your fast pass standby snack breaks, and uh, you did another fine job, sir. Well, I appreciate them too, but I also more appreciate the uh, response we get, the uh, interaction from you, the lovely listener, because uh, it's like y'all, y'all are part of the reason I enjoy doing this. And uh, yeah. every week, or I guess every two weeks at this point, uh, I'm always surprised, and I love reading your answers. Sometimes poorly, but I still try. So uh, thank you for weighing in. And uh, you know what? We're going to have at least one more fast pass standby snack break under the morning, or yeah, the morning monorail moniker. Mm-hmm. A lot of M's there, but uh, hopefully it will continue into the next iteration of whatever this podcast is. Hey, speaking of that, it's time for us to do some plugs. And while we're at it, while you're mentioning where you're at on the internet, you should probably mention whether if you're ready to that you've picked a name for your, your show. So, uh, I mean, I have picked a name for my new show, but do we want to save it for episode 170? Uh, well, we could save it. No, no, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's, it, it, it's Daz, Daz, Disney. <laughs> Daz, Daz, Disney, everybody. Woo! I mean, any, anytime I'm in the parks, it is hashtag Daz, Daz, Disney. So why not bring this to the airwaves, to the interwebs, to your earballs? It is Daz, Daz, Disney. Yes. I love that you're keeping that. I mean, I think it works well. You've got the Instagram for it. And, you know, ladies love literation. Oh, absolutely. Ladies love literation. I got that 3D going on that. <laughs> so that's exciting. I think that's a good name. I mean, maybe that was like what the obvious choice was from the beginning. But I, think I mean, it- like like thinking, thinking back on it, it's like I really racked my brain. And the most obvious choice was literally right there. Yeah. It but was right there. It is- Ron, we've been here the entire time. <laughs> you got to go through the process, uh, you know, and, and so you did. It's kind of like this whole fiasco that happened on jeopardy you you let 25 guest hosts come on just to pick an executive <laughs> producer to be the next alex trebek that makes do, a lot no of no 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 do not lump me in with that margin <laughs> that's a terrible decision and i will not be associated with that at all <laughs> it was very bar burton yeah i'll i'll be honest out of all the jeopardy guest hosts he was not my favorite he was good but he wasn't my favorite who was your favorite then i actually thought joe buck did a great job 
Re- Joe Buck. People hated Joe Buck. I loved Joe Buck. I thought he did really, really well. Wow. Um, oh, wow. Least favorite, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, what? No, I thought Rodgers was hilarious. <laughs> I did not. He was too stiff. I don't know. It. He didn't feel like a host. And that was that was the thing. Like I feel like a lot of the people they brought in, they you know people like Anderson Cooper, you know people like uh, Katie Couric. It's all people who have been like hosting shows forever, so they know how to do it. You know, so of course they were good. They were solid. Like I thought Anderson Cooper did a good job, but I don't know. There was something about Joe Buck, and maybe it was because he was the most recent. But I thought he did good. So Maya Bialik. Right, well, by the way, Maya Bialik did good. And yeah. she she mm-hmm. will be hosting like um, some primetime episodes, I guess, and then a spinoff series. Which, yeah, glad uh, glad that she's going to continue on because yeah. I did think she she did good as well. Yeah, and they might as well give Matt Amodio a hosting job because he's never going to leave because he won't stop winning. So uh, <laughs> I think he's up to eighteen straight days now. So uh, okay, he can have the job of the executive producer because that is some nepotism bullish right yeah, there. Are not. you kidding me? Yeah, we're going to have all these celebrities come in and and and, and uh, try out quote unquote. Oh, look at that! I guess I'm the best. <laughs> it's, it was oh, yeah. this was this was Dwight Schrute, Hey King level like. <laughs> Just purely for show, and then it was it was all a facade. It was all a fiasco. Just to name yourself the Hay King. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, shut up, nerd. If I ever see you, I will give you a wedgie and take your lunch. <laughs> and also, by the way, he has some stuff in his background. Well, oh. I know. There's that's interesting. I don't know. I've tried to read into that because I don't want to stop watching Jeopardy, and I'm hoping that. You know, because Drew, I, Drew, I will say this: Drew Carey has come out in total support of this guy, and I trust Drew Carey. So, of course, he would. That Bob Barker job stealing so and so. He didn't steal it. No, he totally did. Bob mm-hmm. Barker was done, and Drew nope, Carey has been it. solid on Prices Right. <laughs> I love okay, Drew. Yeah, he's fine. I love Drew. Um, so, anyways. That's Hashtag all. Hashtag justice for Lavar. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be all for game show talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, da, 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 da. wait, no, that's tonight's show. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll proceed with our plugs, even though uh, at some point some of these things will be going away. Right now, we're still Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Morning Monorail on Instagram. One thing that won't be going away is the Morning Monorail family on Facebook that will remain. So you can join there, be part of the fam for the foreseeable future. And uh, we'll probably keep the YouTube up, too, because at some point I may do some YouTube stuff, too. So Morning Monorail on YouTube. But otherwise, uh, hang out with us. Enjoy these last couple episodes. And like I said, if you've got any, uh, you want to send an audio clip or send some well wishes or whatever it may be that we will share on the final episode coming up in two weeks, uh, please do so by the 25th. You've still got uh, a little less than two weeks, but send those to mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. Landon, over to you. Oh yeah, L A N D U Z. Please go follow me, Landon Don. I'm the best, Landon Don, not the rest. That's where you can follow me. 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also appear on the Phil Show, News Talk 98.7 WOKA radio station, locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at NewsTalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the NewsTalk 987 app as well. And if you're listening. Uh, this morning that it drops, August the 16th, I am hosting the Phil Show from 9 to 10. Nice. So 
fire up your web browser, listen, call in 656-8255-656-TALK or 1-800-951-8255. That's a, a toll-free number. And interact with me. Tell me you're a member of the Monroe family. And you know what? By God, I will put you on because I literally have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And it's <laughs> going to be neat. Don't don't listeners get mad when you talk about Disney stuff? Oh, I don't care. Oh, okay. I literally do not care. Dude, I get death threats for telling people to get vaccinated and wearing masks. So <laughs> uh, what the listeners think does not matter to me. So. Well. What you all think matters to us, and that's because you are members of the Monorail family, and we love you all. As we wrap up today, we will remind you once again, why don't you thank a cast member? Thank a cast member! And also, be excellent to each other. Yeah! Party on, dudes! We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye! See ya! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. You can find us on the socials at Morning Monorail. The website is morningmonorail.com and the email is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail 407-917-2144. Thank you so much for being part of the Monorail family. We'll see you next time. <laughs>